So uh, hello, everybody. My name is Brady Dale. Um, I'm here on Twitter Spaces uh, with my Twitter Spaces conversations that I've been referring to as as light bulb talks. Uh, we're trying to give you those moments in which some aspect of crypto clicks for you. And uh, some small piece of news here. This is the first one of these that's being recorded. Uh, for It's going to join this um, Spacecast Collective. It's sort of an experimental podcast. It's going to be kicking off uh, sometime soon. So if uh, if folks ask to speak later, just be aware we are we're taping this time for for a later publication. Uh, but we're here today with uh, Matt Aaron of Uniwales. Uh, he's one of the co-founders of this project. And what I think is interesting about Uniwales is it's sort of an I guess you would say it's like it's um you know how they say is like in in a gold rush even if there's no gold so you can still make a lot of money selling shovels. You know I I think there is gold in what's going on in crypto right now. But it's definitely one of those shovels companies. Like they figured out a way to find a certain category of data that is useful to a certain kind of investor, and they've uh, created a business around access to that data, uh, rapid, timely access. And you know, we last spoke in February. That was going great. Then I've heard, you know, I hear from Matt on occasion. It seems like things are still going good. Uh, things move at the speed of crypto, so I'm sure there's a lot of new developments to talk about since then. Um, but yeah, that's that's our topic for tonight is Uniwales and uh, investing in DeFi, you know, using uh, in no small part, maybe there'll be more to this too, but publicly available information, but getting that, you know, kind of when you need it. So, uh, so Matt, thanks a ton for being here. Welcome. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on. And February in, in crypto, three months, like we aged so much in crypto, three months is like two years. Um, <laughs> no kidding. Uh, just all the things that have happened since then. And I always, I think I talked to some people about that. I maybe told you, Brady, just covering DeFi as a journalist is not easy. You can't just, you can't just go on vacation for two weeks, you know? <laughs> totally. Every time I do take some time away, like, uh, well, this just happened. I actually, I didn't take time off, but I was, I was a little bit less available than I normally am. Uh, I went home and did some stuff and that made me a little bit less visible. And I didn't know what ESG meant when I came back. I was just like, I got the context, but I didn't know what the specific words meant. And I was just like, yeah, it's just things, things keep flying. So, uh, all right, we got folks joining us. That's great. Welcome folks as they're coming. Um, so, so Matt, I gave a little description of what, you know, Wales is. I probably glossed over a little bit, you know, uh, why don't you give me, why don't you give us your own take on, you know, Wales and, and where it fits in the DeFi world? Yeah. I mean, so a, a lot of exciting stuff has happened even in the last, uh, three months. We, um, we entered, uh, the ETH Global Hackathon, and, and we placed in that. Um, so that, that was just a really cool accomplishment for us. But, you know, I, I would say that um, maybe different than when we spoke in February. We think a lot more now about curation of the data as mm-hmm. opposed to just the signals themselves because the, we were, we're going with the slogan, lower your DeFi brain fatigue. Mm-hmm. So I think that, uh, you know, we're a community, right? In any community, any product, I think there's a there's always emotions, right? We, we make uh, emotional decisions more so than, than logical decisions. And I think the, I don't know if even you call this emotion, but the feeling that we're, we're trying to help is people get exhausted. Like I just mentioned that um, almost as a non sequitur that, yeah, it's like, it's up to cover as a journalist, but also people that are trading and investing and just trying to keep up with the space. Cause we do a lot of educational content too. Um, it hurts your brain sometimes when you finish studying all these things. And then all of a sudden they're talking about a, a side chain or another layer one blockchain. Um, and, and so can we create tools that, you know, kind of, boutique niche tools that can help people make a little bit more sense the, of the market and some content to help educate people because uh, this is not uh, easy stuff for anyone. Well, and let's just start really basically, you know, I know it's expanded, but what is the core data that you're giving people access to? Yeah, we're, we're following with, right? And we started out with Uniswap, we're following large trades on DEXs and uh, creating telegram alerts. Uh, for trades, liquidity um, adds and removes, spikes in volume, um, and we have a full-on web app dashboard where you can track your you know, your favorite tokens, um, and also tracking uh, you know custom wallets that we find is kind of you know, smart money. But it's it's essentially it's, it's tracking all the the large dex trades across Uniswap, SushiSwap, One Inch, uh, Binance Smart Chain, and probably tomorrow Polygon as well. And so what's interesting here and what might kind of surprise people, which is worth unpacking, is I, this may have evolved a little bit. But the, your core business, I mean, what you became known for when you guys kicked off to probably roughly now is 
most of the information that you're offering to people is in fact to a degree, I mean, in a way, I mean, it is, it's, it's publicly available information, but it's, it's not, I mean, it's hard, right? You have to know, you have to be very technically skilled to get this publicly information, available information in a timely way. So you guys are basically like, you know, anyone could get this. We have built an efficient way to get it. And so if you want an efficient way to get this information about big moves people are making on these decentralized exchanges, which again, are all public, join us and you can get it right. Right. Am I missing anything there? Yeah, that's fair. I mean, the, I mean, just the, the raw API data is hard to read. And so mm-hmm. we're, we're consolidating that into alerts, you know, like what was, you know, something was swapped uh, for this, uh, this token on Sushi Swap has, has volume, right. And, and so uh, that's it. I, I mean, I, I think you could probably say that about a lot of analytics tools, like the, the raw data is out there, but um, making it to meaningful, uh, meaningful signals or, or just even just, points for people to see is a whole other thing like for example totally. uh probably pretty relevant i'm sure you covered you covered this brady was like uniswap version three right like uniswap version three is is really tough to cover like adding liquidity to uniswap version two i, I don't know about people listening right now um and I, there's all different levels of DeFi. there's beginners to more advanced beginners i think everyone's a beginner because we have no idea where the space is going but what i mean to say is the way v3 is set up is completely different than v2 and that was something that we had to do maybe three weeks ago is start tracking trades in, in, in Uniswap B3 and like the liquidity is completely different. So um, yeah, I mean, we're always learning. And I think that for us is um, we have to understand um, like creating analytics for a really fast moving space because people join our DAO because they, and use our web app because they're trying to find alpha, trying to define things that other people aren't seeing. Um, but the challenge for us is what works in, a hyper bull market when Uniswap is king and there's nothing else is quite different when there's other DEXs and then other chains. Uh, um, so we're, we constantly have to think and and create a feedback loop with our users to to know what type of tools um, and update our existing tools to, 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 to meet their needs. Does, does that make sense? Yeah, totally. And so, so and I, I totally agree. There's a lot of other analytics tools out there that work from public information. It's just all a question of usability. I just think it's interesting. You know, I mean, that's just like, you know, I think some folks would hesitate to try to build a business around stuff that is technically public information. Um, but it's just the question is, you know, how readily can you get access to it? And you guys found that, it, you know, you found a way to give folks access to it in a way that was useful and they were willing to, you know, get involved with your your DAO. Uh, and we, we should unpack what a DAO is in a second and kind of how that works specifically with you guys. But like, I remember when you spoke to me and like, maybe it would be helpful you know, I always say I'm trying to give people these light bulb moments. Um, I feel like you've told me a few stories over time that have been helpful for getting you new whales. And so maybe we could do that again. But like the core idea is if folks can see what people with deep pockets are doing on these DEXs, uh, that's really powerful information that they can also subsequently trade on if they move quickly, right? So maybe you could give us a few examples of times uh, Uniwales has been able to identify some of those big moves that has been powerful to investors. Yeah, for sure. And I got to put the obligatory, um, I know it's lame, but like, this is not investment advice. Yes. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Yes, yes. You know yes. how it is, man. I, I, um, I get it. Like and, Everyone gets it. Uh, and, and so, so I'd say one of the, the most recent one was the Rary Capital hack. All of a sudden, we just see all these these cells going down, uh, volume spikes, and um, and what was pretty interesting is so you know we're, we're tracking. You can track certain wallets, right? And we can figure out a lot of influencers as well as just like you know smart wallets. Um, so Rary Capital had a huge exploit. For those that don't know, um, they're they're doing they're doing a lot of different tools. And the founders are like seventeen and nineteen. They're 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 babies, but I mean that that I don't mean that in a, a pejorative way. They're incredibly, uh, incredibly smart, right? And Instant anyway, was founded by some really young guys. Yeah. And what is Rari okay. again? I, I know I've looked into it before, but I can't remember. Yeah, so Rari Capital does Rari Capital does a bunch of things, but they it's it's all just like I'd say like aggressive like yield generation tools. And they okay. have they have something called Fuse, um, which is similar to like sushi swaps actually, but like I, I haven't I've never used Rari Capital. Um, okay. Um, so I don't even know if I'm the best person to explain it, but um, like Tetranode, some, some of these big Ethereum people are big into it. Anyway, but the point is, Rare Capital had an exploit. Uh, a lot of money was was uh, uh, drained from them. And so it was maybe somewhere around $15. It goes down to 8 And then you see this this uh, 
you know, blood in the water, this, this, uh, this, well, this whale, right? Someone's buying like, you know, $80,000 buys. They were continually buying around $8. And then an hour later, it's, it's at 13. And it's like the dopamine rush of these, uh, of these moments is crazy because all of a sudden everyone's talking and people are, people freeze. And we've even seen our doubt chat. Like, what should I do? Like, is this the end or, or, you know, should I buy some? And, and so it's interesting to see people's decision making when like a hack happens. Do they, do they buy it? Do they, just, do they sell? Or, you know, a lot of people obviously were selling their tokens. Um, so the, the behavior and it's all on chain, right? I can't, can't really be hitting is, is uh, quite fascinating. Yeah, this is interesting. I feel like a couple of stories you told me have been times in which um, people who are in the Uniwells DAO kind of were able to move a little faster when exploits happen, because this is something that happens periodically in DeFi is that something isn't built quite right. Somebody figures something out, money gets taken, the token price plummets. And one of the advantages of being in a product like Uniwales is you can maybe get that signal a little bit earlier, which I feel like in a lot of cases has been cases where you were just better off, you know, selling right away if you had it. But this is interesting where I, it sounds like what you're saying is there were some people who believed that like this was going to hurt, but it would still be a good buy in the long term. And so um, you have to think about those second order effects. Do you like do you buy when this thing is cheap because over time it's still worth it? Um, is that sort of what you're saying? Well, yeah, I mean, each each situation is different. I mean, some of the hacks they could, they could go to zero, they usually <laughs> seem to have to this point, they seem to have recovered. So it's, uh, but not all, some, some of them have been completely exploited. I mean, there was times where there was like a, a hack where I think the people had like the private key and, and get and like Gitcoin. It was like one of the worst run like uh, projects ever. I don't even remember the name. I don't really want to call them out, but it was, it wasn't malice. It was just really, uh, it was incompetence. But also like the volume spikes is interesting too, because you see a token show up a lot. And one thing, this is kind of interesting. One thing that I think most people in our DAO missed were these dog coins in this whole, uh, Shiba Inu, I think it was actually some the people in the, the Karma DAO, which was like some of the members came over. And Karma DAO was just people talking about trading. There was no product, like, you know, we're based around a product, uh, well, soon to be products. But um, all these dog coins just um, absolutely shot up gas prices on Ethereum layer one, and they dominated um, the our, our channels, right? And so we had to, like, raise the alerts. Like, we're not going to do, like, there was, like, like um, and there's Shiba Inu, there was uh, Akita, like all these like different kind of uh, usually Eastern dog breeds tokens, mm-hmm. they, they took up so much gas, right? And there was a ton of money to be made and lost. And, you know, I, some people were kind of like, yeah, like it's, I, I don't want to get involved with them because, um, you know, they don't really have any point. But but at the same time, I mean, there were obvious signals there for them. Um, and so the, it was interesting just, for me, it was interesting to see that phenomenon. And, and I, I think I, I told you before, we, we also started tracking VC deals. So we're getting into kind of off-chain data as well. Yeah, because let's, let's if hold you go to a lot of news sites, right? Would, Let, let's hold yeah. on that for a second. Um, I definitely want to get into that. But but so first, since you sort of mentioned this, you so just walk folks through how Uniwales work. Like you guys have kind of some tiers folks can get access to, and it's based on holding your token, as I recall. Let me know if that's changed. Um, but sort of walk through how that works. Like if you're a person who does want to be a trader on Uniswap and SushiSwap and other things you guys keep an eye, an eye on, what is available through Uniwales and and what are those tiers and, and why are they tiered out that way? Okay, sure. So let's take a step back. Usually, uh, whether you subscribe to Netflix or, I don't know, Bloom trading data right you you pay a monthly subscription fee right yeah. Brady yeah mm-hmm. yeah and so what we we this uh, it's an experiment like most things DeFi we decided to launch a token and s- instead of a, a recurring payment we say if you own a kind of token you'll get access into our web app and we have two tiers pro and whale pro is 5,000 tokens whale is 16,000 and so to, to get access to our telegram channels uh, we use something called collab land uh, it's a third-party uh, bot that verifies you have the amount of tokens, uh, you know, in your wallet, and it gives you access. If you sell the tokens, you lose access. Uh, and the same thing for for the web app, but we verify it ourselves. And um, so that's the way it's way it's accessed, and um, it creates a community. I, I think what's probably important, maybe something that people could take a light bulb moment. Here's the light bulb moment. Many things we learned after after starting. There is a different relationship when people own the token to access it than paying a subscription fee with their credit card mm-hmm. like we have a very close like uh we get so much unsolicited feedback and, re- and like relationship with uh with our users but i think helps us 
to understand what to build because there's uh, a never-ending list of things we could build. Um, so I, I think that might be our biggest light bulb moment. And maybe for people listening, right, whether it's with UniWales or, you know, tracking, you know, on-chain DEX data, decentralized exchange data, I, I think thinking about the, 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 the value of a token and, and maybe something tribal, I don't know the, the, I think we're still unpacking what that cultural phenomenon is, but there's something there and you're going to continue to see that going forward. So you guys, so you're saying that like when people feel like they own a piece of the thing, they're a little bit more engaged, which I think that that makes sense. So, so what are those tiers again? Like, I feel like there's three tiers that, and like, what are the different access points? So like, what are the differences within them? Yeah, well, the, the first one is our free tier, which yeah. is just three Telegram channels and like very limited on the app. And we have a free uh, UniWales channel, which has uh, Sushi Swap and then Pancake Swap for Binance Smart Chain. Um, another interesting development, right? And um, anyone, yeah, I, I don't think you right guys were doing Binance Smart Chain when we talked before. So that is, that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's compelling. Anyway, sorry, keep going. But. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's uh, incredible the volume on, on Binance Smart Chain. Um, and, uh, so yeah, so you can subscribe right now on, on Telegram and check out those free channels. And then we have, uh, you know, some of our paid channels, we have some specialty channels. Like we, for example, we have something called Power Brokers, where we hired a top crypto researcher to, you know, three arrows, jump train a lot of the top funds, as well as top influencers in the space. And we track all of their movements. Um, we also have a volume spikes channel, which I alluded to, which shows basically, um, okay, so any token, um, they have a, a 24-hour volume, let's say it's $3 million. And if it's above a certain percentage in a 15-minute window, it will show a volume spike. And this is also interesting for some of these events because if you look at the volume spikes channel, all of a sudden, uh, maybe a token had 3 million volume in 24 hours and they did 1 million in the last 15 minutes. That could be, you know, sometimes it's just, you know, large trades and and even some some wash trading. But a lot of times, maybe something's happening. Maybe there's some news. Um, I mean, very famous is like uh, Andre tweets an emoji, right? Andre of... Uh, it hasn't happened as much lately, but in the past, um, you know, Andre Cronje would, would tweet an emoji of urine, like, urine finance, kind of the, like, people... the like Uber Dow of the yeah. space. Yeah, sorry, keep going. Yeah, so so to give people context, but just understanding, like I think now people are much more familiar with with Elon Musk, right? And this is more broader crypto, not so much UniWales, but how um, you know Elon can say something and it affects the markets, right? And, and so I think. I think Andre is like that, but for like the Ethereum DeFi space, I, I think that's fair to say. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so it's interesting. Sometimes there's, it could be a tweet, it could be a hack, it could just be uh, usage. I mean, like Matic Polygon, right, which is a, a side chain that that uh, you know people can bridge over to from from Ethereum. Uh, wow, like I mean the 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 narratives there were clear, and you saw a lot of whales making big buys for Matic. And and then right around the time Ave Curve and Sushi Swap three for those that are listening three of the major quote unquote blue chip DeFi protocols moved over there so so you do get to you know you do get a feel for these these things but again it's it's always um, yeah I, I I guess I'll leave it there did I do a decent job describing you know kind of like what it's like in, inside Unoils and, and why we're doing it yeah no I think so I mean yeah so the the basic idea is there's a few different levels of traders channels and and if i'm right you you get access to them by holding the uwl token basically right so it isn't like you pay an ongoing amount you know it's it's not an insignificant amount it can cost money to have it but once you've got it you continue to have access to those channels those additional sources of information is sort of the the core idea right correct and and actually we've we've realized that because of like this the the power of the community and like the the DAO and the, and everyone listening to DAO, there's so many definitions of a DAO. Everyone's figuring this out, like the whole governance and a decentralized autonomous organization. Know exactly what it is. I mean, that's just interpretation, but I, I don't think it's something that um, that's to be defined. And we're a pretty light DAO, like we don't have that much voting at the moment, but um, we see the power of it, and we also see the the social complexity of it. But long story short, is having a, a an engaged community powered by a token. I think is maybe becoming the another light bulb moment. Um, I would say that it's becoming one of uh, a new way to launch products that, um, you know, products, platforms, protocols that didn't exist before. And I think this is a really powerful idea. Okay, it's time to commit. 
2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Yeah, so um, I just want to say to the folks who are listening, again, if you are new to arriving, tonight is a little bit different, and this will probably be the way it is from now on, but I am recording tonight, whereas I haven't in the past. Um, This is going to be a part of a new uh, podcast collective that's happening. Um, We'd love to have folks jump in and ask questions, or I don't, comments are also fine. I don't care if you want to rant about something, just keep it brief, Uh, but I'm happy to, you know, we'll just respond to whatever your comment is. That's also cool. We'll probably talk from there like 10 minutes or so. We'll open it up. If no one does want to jump in, I'll have more questions. But I just want to I just want to unpack this stuff a little bit more. Um, so, Matt, I want to shift gears just a little bit here. Um, and this is going to be kind of a vague question, but it is a part of what I think is interesting about what you and your co-founder have built here is I feel like the big conversation, like if I, I feel like. Yeah, I feel like the big conversation in crypto is about the big kind of protocols who are enabling this next generation of finance, you know, like the compounds and um, the Uniswaps and whatever, you know, they are the fundamental tools. But you guys are, you know, and I don't I'm not saying this, I don't mean this pejoratively at all, but it's just you're not exactly that you're you're a window into this world. And I think I've seen a few other similar projects like yours. Like I'm going to write about this project. I have already written. It just hasn't been published yet. This project about uh, hot new crypto, which kind of does machine learning scanning of like Twitter and other things to kind of, you know, get alpha for members. But like, so I just feel like this is interesting. You guys are, uh, you're, 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 you're a different category in this space. So like, what's that like, um, how has it been for you? Yeah, I just want to I just want to hear some more about sort of being in this other world of like not making the thing that is, you know, everyone's jazzed about, but also but but making it more legible to people who want who want to be a part of it. Does that question make sense? I think so. So basically understanding that we're we're not the decent trading but trying to help make you know make sense of 24 7 market that's growing faster than any yeah. financial market in the you're, history of the world you're I mean, a different without, thing than like what compound business, is, right? is and so yeah yeah so what's it like building a business around that kind of idea 100 percent. it's incredibly fun i mean it's there's a great twitter thread on this i'll share it after ready about like what it's like to build a crypto project like i mean it's you know, it's, it's a lot, right? It's, it's 24 seven. You have people on different time zones. Um, it's, it's always moving, but it's, it, it is, I mean, it's incredible. I mean, I'm, some certain times are stressed. There's lots of ups and downs in crypto running a crypto business. There's lots of ups and downs. You have to think about like ambiguous, like compliance regulation. Um, I, I think, um, you have a lot of people approach you and you have to size up people very quickly too that um some of them are very valuable and like the red phone crypto is very valuable to us like i'm, I'm interviewing him tomorrow about some of his theses for uh for the now but I, I think it's something that we always have to be be uh adjusting so it, it's uh so short it's a lot of fun gets stressful at times uh, i wouldn't trade it for for anything and sometimes i'm like i can't believe i'm doing this and 
there's lots of there's lots of ups and downs in, in this industry. So for folks who are listening, I just always like, like to... let, let me give you an example, Brady. Sure. Like, so... keep, keep on. Go ahead. It's all good. No, no, go ahead. So, so you mentioned hot new crypto, right? And like yeah. a lot of people like that because it's, it's kind of like a Reddit and it's showing, I think they, I think they changed their model to start charging. And I, you know, I think some people are in doubt like that's, I don't know if they ended up paying for it, but, um, but, but yeah, I mean, the answering that same question, it's just the, the DeFi brain fatigue, which I talked about is real. It's so overwhelming. It's like someone says, Hey, I want to learn about Ethereum. I want to learn about DeFi. What do you do? I want to find new tokens. Um, you know, we have the, I didn't mention this, but we have the new tokens channel, just new tokens that are added to Uniswap, Balancer, Sushi, et cetera. Um, just finding this information, it's, it's a lot for, for anyone. So if you can um, somehow curate that, uh, you're adding a ton of value. And I think that probably applies to many industries, not just, uh, not just DeFi. Yeah, totally. Um, so the thing was, just really quickly to the folks who are listening, I just like to always experiment with this. If you're new to Twitter spaces, at the bottom, you can see this like little heart plus thing. That's a that's a place where you can sort of like express reactions. So do that as much as you want. I'm just curious for folks who are on, use any of the reactions on there. But if you could hit just something to say, have you used Uniswap or SushiSwap or Binance Smart Chain or any of these um, just to show if you have actually traded any of these things? And I have done a couple. So I will shoot up a 100 there. All right, Colonel did, James did, um, Ghost did, what's ha- what's popping did. Cool. All right, great. All uh, right, so you guys, you- I know, I know, Juto has. He's in our DAO and of the Hathor Network, so he has as well. Okay, cool, uh, cool. Well, I'm seeing some of these pop yeah. off here. All right, nice, nice, nice. Um, maybe I should like. Yeah, let's do this. Um, if you primarily do Uniswap, do the 100. If you primarily do Sushi Swap, do the Fist. And if you primarily do Binance Smart Chain, do the peace sign. It's in that order. Folks want to... All right, got some Uniswaps. Uniswaps popping. All right, Binance Smart Chain. Uniswaps, Uniswaps, Binance Smart Chain. Sushi, all right. Matt, you're a sushi. All right, don't mean to leak your alpha there, but um, cool. I think think sushi is is really interesting. Uh, Okay, cool. Well, that was fun. yeah, so the the new uh, the new token thing is really compelling. Yeah, I mean, I know this is one of the things that hot new crypto is related to, but I can also see how you guys would be good at, good at this. And this is just sort of one of the things that illustrates how people have like different theses here. Like, do you want to trade on big moves or do you want to get in early? Like, yeah, how t- talk to us more about sort of the new token thing and uh, and why that's powerful for some of the people who are in your DAO. And, you know, if you wanted to say any of the new tokens that have come along recently in your channels that people seem to be excited about, it's not investment advice, but it wouldn't hurt to also give a shout out to those and say why people are talking about them. That would also be cool. But like, yeah, why is that early access to new tokens important? Sure. So let me give a historical context. So we started out with the new unknown tokens channel. And uh, so everyone here, it seems like they've used Uniswap. So um we, I, I think Kim and I started testing this in November of last year, and at, at times change. And it, but at that time, right, anytime a, a new token was added, and even before that, with like at the first twenty five hundred dollar transaction, it would show up in our channel. So like the first like decent sized trade, it would show up, right? And and like if you know about like Keeper, which is another urine project launched, like. The, you know, five minutes can make a huge difference, right? And so I just remember seeing tokens that would just go 10x, 40x, Spider Crypto, uh, famous, maybe infamous now for like finding Core. And I, I even found Core. I remember Core showed up in our new Unknown Tokens channel. What is Core? And, um, What's Core? I saw that on your front page and I, and I actually don't know what that is myself. What is Core? Yeah, I don't I don't know who shows that. And the thing about Core is it's, it's like this game. I never understood it, which is why I was net, not able to uh, hold it for like a 15x. But it's they do a lot of things, and, and I think they're actually locked into Uniswap version two. But it, it's yeah, it's like this game. It's kind of like a a little bit of a zero sum game, I guess. Uh, but I, I can't really describe it well, and that's precisely why. And that's one of the things about these new unknown tokens is you have to make decisions very quickly before you understand it. You look and at the how long? Who's following to, on Twitter? Just to back up yeah. for a second, how yeah. long has this core thing been a thing that's been grabbing your folks? Oh, I mean, this is not anymore. This was this was last year. I, here's the point I want to make, uh, Brady. So maybe oh, I'll just go direct. I thought I saw the, Core the, on the, your front the page. New, yeah, sorry. Okay, yeah, keep going. 
it's still on our it's just like a stock image though oh, okay. we're, we need to redo our landing page okay. uh, but yeah that, that's like a static thing but anyway the, the the core um audience which is a solid project like um you would see these things hit and then and go up 10 or 15 x and there are a lot of these things and people were making a lot of money um but then now it's it's like there's a little bit more dog tokens the market sentiment changes especially if we go into a cool down market you it's going to be hard to find these things. So it seemed cool how to use it. Also, there's also a lot of um, scam projects where you, you can't sell and there's, uh, you know, they can mint new tokens, uh, the, the infamous rug pull, right? So um, this is like a high risk channel, maybe the full on quote unquote DGEN channel. And then we went even further by building a dashboard that was kind of it. And we still have it called uh, Red Fonge of Soros named after three of the top influencers. And these are NELPs added to Ethereum. We also have it for Binance Smart Chain. So it's very high risk, high reward type stuff. That's, you know, it's more for, for quote unquote experts or people with very high uh, risk tolerance. And uh, it's all about timing, right? If you can find these new tokens uh, early, uh, they can shoot up so fast in, in you know, uh, 15, 15 minutes can, can be the difference between like a, you know, losing 5X or, or gaining 10X. And, and so... Um, that and but not everyone uses our our app for that, right? Some people are more like just trying to track whales and find quality tokens and, and get into more of the uh, more sustainable uh, tokens. So there's there's so many different ways to to play to play Uniswap. Yeah, I wonder. So okay, um, not to keep coming back to hot new crypto, but that I I don't write about companies like yours as often as I as I like, but I do think they're an interesting part of the larger story. And Hot New Crypto is the only other recent example that I've written about it. And they they recently released their secret party thing. Um, they still have like a free version that's up that sort of reveals some stuff. But secret party is crazy expensive on some level. It's like $2,500 a month. And a lot of people were just like, are you nuts? But then a certain number of people were like, that's totally fine. And on some level, they were glad that people were charging that much money because, you know, what they're good at is finding projects at the stage that they're good ideas. They don't actually really need lots of people to ape into them yet because they're still building, but they could use really high value people to get involved who can help with certain things. And so, you know, that's why it made sense. I'm told the hot new crypto team tells me to put up a high paywall. Um, And so similarly with you guys, you know, you're taking this approach where like it isn't a monthly fee it's just having tokens but the price of your token is changing right like i looked when i wrote about you guys the price of your token is about half what it is today and it's about a third what it was when the bull market was like fully crazy before people before elon musk made everyone kind of bummed out a little bit you know and so what it means to to have that access to your products has ch- changed quite a bit. Like if a person had got in when I first wrote about you guys, they would still be in the same place they are, as I understand it. I, so my where I'm going to in this question is, as the the value of your token changes, does your DAO feel like it should lower the access price in terms of the number of UWL tokens people need to have? Or are they glad the token price is going up because they don't want that many more people to have access to this information. Yeah. Well, so I would say for, I don't want to answer for a new crypto, but I do agree that like, if you can pay 2,500 bucks a month, even though it's like twice what Nansen charges, I think that's probably a lot more there. Um, but I don't, I don't know what's inside there. I haven't subscribed. So I don't like maybe how new crypto is that good, but it that's like less than the ETH. So if you can, if that, if you can make an extra two ETH, it's definitely worth it. But for what we're doing, I, the, I think one of the coolest things about our community and, uh, I, we talked about this in the DAO today. Um, is people own our token not because they want they they own our token to have access to our community and our tooling. They don't own the token as a speculative investment. I, you know, anything crypto is, has a certain level of speculation, but I would say the for for a, a token in, on Ethereum, it's almost uh, like I think there's something called like the social like community tokens market cap, and we're number one in the sense that the majority of people that hold our token are holding it because they're part of our community, not because they they're trying to appreciate the value of, of UWL. Does that make sense? Sure. Um, sure. But, but as, as the price yeah. of UWL goes up, that makes, an, that makes access to your paid tiers for paid tier and three higher. And I'm just, I don't, I haven't looked to check, but have you guys lowered 
the UWL access price to those as it's gone up or has, has it stayed the same because folks are happy for it to continue to be limited access, you know? Oh yeah. We haven't changed it. I mean, listen, the whole, the whole, like, this is definitely experimental. Like when we chose active token amounts that were perfect, you know, we just had to make our, our best guess. Right. And I think it's worked out okay so far. Um, but uh, no, we're not going to, at this point, we have no plans on lowering it. And there is some value, I think. Also, one thing to keep in mind, Brady, is uh, very central what we're doing is our, our community calls and our, our, our Telegram discussion and curating discussion, which is, uh, you know, I'm, I kind of take the lead there for, for our team. We have like you know, six or seven people now uh, on our team uh, full time. And uh, curating that chat if, with like, we're about 250 um, active in the DAO and then 330 computer, considering people that use the, the tooling in the web app. But all I'm trying to say, Brady, is like once you get into like a couple thousand, it's much harder to to, to curate the conversation. Important, like people sure. like people use our DAO and and they so for Telegram, right? Like a, a couple, two people have told me this in our DAO that I actually keep the alerts on. So that means it's the only Telegram chat that pops up on my phone. Not, it's not just like a notification muted. And so to be able to curate that. It's and it also attract the right people. I mean, a lot of luck. We haven't, we've, luckily, we haven't had any trolls come in. I think it's purely luck. But but a lot of that is trying to um, to to cultivate the talent that we have in Dallas. We have a, a pretty diverse network of people all over the world, and, and so I, I just think if it gets to a thousand, it would be uh, quite difficult to maintain. No, totally. Well, I also just think this speaks to one of the interesting tensions within crypto. And I and I hope this doesn't sound like it's a criticism. It's not. It's just this is this is just an interesting story, right? Is we is everyone who's in crypto who holds some crypto wants as many people as possible to hold whatever the co- the coin they believe in is, right? They want mass adoption, but there is also this tension where if you're making advanced level moves, you're happy to be a part of a community, you know, that is sharing some information. But the bigger that community gets, at a certain point the less valuable it becomes, right? So like, I can see why your community might be okay with, you know, you have a free tier that's useful to folks, but you don't, you don't want the larger tiers to grow too fast because they also lose value, you know? So it's just this, I, it's, it's just an interesting tension that exists in the space because um, folks want everyone to kind of get the benefit of this, but there's, <laughs> there's, there's levels of benefit and, you know, that's understandable. Um, so I want to... And, uh, and uh, Brady, can I add yeah, one thing? Yeah, sure. Brady, can I just add one thing there? So, okay, so, and, and so I have a, I've, I mean, I've podcasted for like, you know, seven or eight years. It's, it's just something I've done for a long time in a couple different spaces. And so I'm so used, you know how this is, as you know, you interview and I guess you're podcasting now, right? And usually you pitch people based on the audience, like how many downloads it's going to get. And so, you know, we've had like you know, pretty high profile guests, you know, from... Eric Voorhees uh, to, to, you know, some people from Coinbase or, or the, the founder of Solana, et cetera, et cetera. The balancer team who I know you wrote an article about, it came on yesterday. And what's interesting is to back to your point of exclusivity, I don't pitch people on number of views because it might be like between 70 and 140. It's very low, mm-hmm. but I pitch them on who is going to watch it. Totally. Right. And so that that's a little bit different. I think than than most podcasts, you're like, you know, a lot of people are going to read a Coindesk article, right? It's not like, it's not like, you know, because, you, you know, you spend a lot of time and, you know, you wrote the article on Uniwales. I appreciate it. It wasn't like you talked to me for five minutes and you just put out an article, right, like some crypto publications do. Um, but obviously part of that is like, oh, this is this is cool, but it's also going to be read by a wide uh, breadth of people. And, and so it's it's I think that's something that's uh, pretty interesting, too. Yeah, people to, can talk uh, in a different way when they know they're talking to super well-informed people people who are well-informed enough to spend some money to be a part of the conversation. I don't, I, I think that is a, I think that's an underappreciated fact. You know, I, and you're, to your point, you're like, we haven't had any trolls. I'm not surprised you haven't had any trolls. This makes complete sense to me. I think it, it's very rare that trolls will even spend a dollar to be a part of a group. You know, I, I don't know why folks don't implement this more often. Like if you've got a large community that's doing pretty well, but there is a certain troll problem, impose, some insanely modest price and, and you guys have a higher price and that, but you also are offering a more complex service and that's fine. But I'm just, you know, it's just like any price level. I think it sort of knocks out all, almost all trolls, you know, it's just like, it's just like, 
that's not a, it, it's so obvious to me. So I just want to say if anyone has any questions that they want to ask or comments they want to make, please um, make the request now. I'm happy to um, hear from you about that. I'm going to ask another question right now, um, but we'll just we'll bring you on right after that and I'll, I'll approve you uh, right away. Um, but so I know um, you sort of hinted this a second ago, Matt, and so like let's just unpack this a little bit more. You know, there's DAOs, uh, decentralized autonomous organizations, organizations in which people hold tokens that give them the right to some control over how the entity, you know, moves forward in the world, spends its tragedy, changes its code, whatever. Um, that's a that's a big thing right now. Um, I mostly write up the big ones. I think most people mostly read about the big ones and think about the big ones, things like SushiSwap and Yearn and, and Uniswap. Uh, news on Coindesk tonight that liquidity mining is coming back to Uniswap sometime soon. That just dropped a little bit ago, so might be interesting to f- folks listen. You know, someone wrote that. I don't. I can't remember who. But um, but um, when we spoke, you said that you guys definitely believe Uni Wales is a DAO, but you you approach it in a benevolent dictator sort of format, which was kind of a fun to hear uh, you say. Just sort of basically, it's if you have the token you have the right to give feedback. But for now, you guys are going to keep moving forward with your own plan, taking that feedback into consideration. Um, talk about that a little bit more. How has that evolved? I'm going to approve a couple of speakers in here and let them come in. But let's just unpack uh, unpack the Uniwales approach to Dowing first, and then, uh, and then we'll open it up. Yeah, well, it's an evolving process. Uh, basically, starting up by having a you know curated chat and community, jumping on phone calls, connecting people within the group um we we i think our approach the best way to put it is you know this we're here for the long term you know um we want to build this thing out in the next three to, to five years at least and so we think of gradual decentralization we we think the social part um maybe even more so than the technical part of governance is really difficult you you see in a lot of things i think uniswap is a great example right where everyone wants has an opinion about what they, they want to happen but very few people vote um so we want to we were slowly uh, uh, decentralized, and there's 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 like a it's a very charged word, right? Because centralized is almost seen as bad, um, and decentralized seen as good. Um, so so I would say our approach is gradual decentralization. Okay, okay. And has has uh, I mean, and I think I think your approach is really interesting. I mean, you have a small community that trusts you guys. It seems like it's going fine. So I think this benevolent dictator way is totally cool has it moved at all since february which granted wasn't that long ago i mean have you formalized slightly more yet or is there plans to formalize a little bit more oh yeah we've gotten the plan down and man i hate to do, give those typical kg DeFi answers but like it's we are gonna make we're gonna make an announcement soon i'd say in the next uh, couple of weeks um, but we have like a version two coming out. And we're going to we're going to change things up. Because oh, cool. I, I do think that. Um, yeah. And so it's going to I'll let you know about it when it when it happens. Um, I do apologize for listeners. I, I don't want to be that guy, but it's just we're, we're still like fine tuning it. But yeah, we, it's it's a it's a longer term plan and will be uh, like most things will be there'll be stages. Um, but yeah, I would say like, like what protocols are really don't have vanilla like dictators like Uniswap B3. Right. That's that's the Uniswap team with. Uh, help from their one VC paradigm, right? An incredible, incredible no, it's VC. completely controlled by the unit by I the community, that, Matt. What are you talking about? You're crazy. It's it's community controlled. Um, yeah. Oh man, <laughs> were you in the were you on the first Uniswap community call? That, that was uh, that was crazy. But uh, and I'm not trying to speak bad on, on Uniswap or like I mean Balancer. Uh, one thing I'll say after speaking with Balancer yesterday, I think uh, just for, just an aside because um, I don't know if, if Juto watched that or if any other uh, maybe case stocks any. Um, Dow members are here, but Balancer to me is like there's going to be a lot of protocols that add a ton of value to the space and are just uh, underappreciated. And Balancer and Gnosis, who actually just teamed up, come to the top of the list. But like what, like I, I, I think it's really interesting um, when it comes to governance. And Balancer is doing a good job of getting people involved, but but still the core team is so so important. And to think of for me to think of like so, like can you think of Uniswap where like Hayden Adams wasn't calling the shots where like uh, you know, Hayden Adams got like he he was able to retire himself. Maybe and maybe it gets there. Um, but I think that all these projects uh, and they're doing much more complex things than we're doing, like Balancer and, and Uniswap are, are are pretty far away from that. And yeah, that's okay. No, like it's not a bad thing. It's so early. No, yeah. I agree. I've yeah. I've been in conversations with folks where there where people have said 
uh, Uniswap governance is broken because, you know, they've they've only tried to do three things so far and only one has passed because it's so hard to do anything. And, I, and I'm just like, I don't think it's broken. I think this was their plan all along. Uh, and I understand that there are some other protocols that are doing more and they make changes more often. But that was the decision that they made. And that's also fine. But I think Uniswap meant to do it this way. And it's just time will tell, you know, but I, I don't think it's broken. I, I do think this was the plan. You, we can argue about whether the plan was right or not. But that's different from being broken. Um, so, uh, you know, to, to, to your point, I just think there's different ways to do this and, and there's a lot of time ahead of us and it's still early. Okay. So I've had a couple of requests here. Um, I know what's popping was the first to hop in. So, uh, what's popping, come join us, you know, say whatever you want. Don't, don't take too long, but we're happy to hear from you. Hey, uh, I was just more curious about like, do you come from like a technical background for me? I'm coming from like a finance econ type of background and i'm trying to understand like uh smart contracts and how to more so get involved and is that even a necessary requirement and my other question is do how do you separate like certain signals when you're getting a bunch of data or is it just like we're gonna take all this data in and we're gonna just disseminate it and every however you take that you just take that and you infer what you want from it Okay, so two-part question. I, uh, good questions there. The first one, um, only a few people on our team actually write smart contracts. Um, I don't, um, so I wouldn't be the best person to answer, but I can tell you that um, one thing I would say about crypto in general is there's so many disciplines. You mentioned finance and economics. There's a big social, like uh, like cultural, um, I don't know, like, like social game theory, whatever you want to call it, right? Like memes. I think memes are an actual thing now. So uh, cryptography, of course. So all, all I would say is no one covers all of those fields. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't see that as, uh, as necessary a, a disadvantage. And then the second one, how do you parse the data? That's the million dollar question. I mean, let me just, uh, let me move over to the traditional stock market. So I'm sure you're familiar with the, uh, what's popping the, the Bloomberg terminal, right? Um, if you get some really top people in Wall Street or Chicago that have been doing it for 10 years and, and they're on top of that, those data, they can probably make money. I can tell you, I personally would not be able to make money uh, on that on that data. And I think it's very similar to DeFi. It's like who uses these tools. Um, and just because you can find a signal, um, you know, doesn't mean you can make money on it. One thing I will say is I think UniWales for sure. Um, I think it's uncovered uh, if people that are following it. They've uncovered a lot of really, um, you know, people said they made uh, they made a lot of money from that. Um, but also it's uncovered a lot of, you know, tokens early. Having said that, uh, I think one of the things that people don't focus enough on is what is the, the, the psychological management when you hold it, like once you hold the token, because everyone says, oh, I sold it too early. And that's the hardest part. I don't think the hardest part is finding a token that can go 50x, but being able to have the, the strategy slash conviction slash mental um, awareness to hold it for 50x. So I, I just want to put that out there that I think there's, I think the psychological uh, part is still underrated and and I don't think there's there's apps that necessarily can, can yeah, that for you. I, I'm so gonna, it's, it's really taking all these signals in. Yeah, that's all. I'm going to echo that and just say, you know, I'm a journalist, so I, I hold a little bit of crypto and only hold things for long term because I feel like that keeps it from being an ethical problem. But it really is a pretty small amount at the end. Ultimately, I just think I, I think there's a lot of ways. Your core question is, you know, do I need to be technically adept to do well in this market? I think the answer is no. And I think this market needs people to just vote with their dollars on things that they believe will do well. And so I feel like a person who wants to invest here needs to understand two things. A, they need to try to do enough research to understand this world. And so they can develop a thesis for what they think will work out well. And then two, speaking to kind of what Matt was just talking about, they need to understand their time horizon, right? So if you buy a token because you believe this thing has a three-year time horizon to really crush. And you can see it being like really, really powerful in three years because of whatever analysis you did. But then it tanks super hard next week and you sell because you don't want to lose. It's just like, well, didn't you buy for three years? You know, And there's lots of people who, if they'd bought on a three-year time horizon for Bitcoin, would have done a lot better if they hadn't have freaked out during fall. So it's, it's just it's just... Under, you know, do enough research to figure out what your thesis is and what the time horizon of that thesis is, and then not make moves that move wildly 
outside of that time horizon is sort of, I think, the thought that I would give there. But you don't need to be a person who can write smart contracts to, to do that. Uh, but certainly, if you can learn to do that and you can learn to like read the blockchain data, that can be super powerful too. So, you know, whatever you want to do. Um, okay, so we've got James here. James, come join us. Thank you both. That was it. Hey. Hey, Brady. Um, the my question is: so the the subscription model used to not no one makes sense. Now we've kind of figured out subscriptions work and how they works uh, with the token holding model that you guys were experimenting with. Uh, what is like thoughts on sustainability? What has been your experience so far? What do you think is going to happen, kind of with the evolution of that? Yeah, that was one of the biggest criticisms and, and fair criticism and and something that we're going to eventually have to um, evolve from. Like we're going to keep the core token model, but we are going to find revenue streams going forward. That's all I'll say for now, just because it's uh, yeah, I, I hate to be cagey there, but you're right. The the um, It's incredible for building community. Like I, I talked about earlier in the in the space, I, I would say that um, that is probably the, the biggest challenge. But. I don't want to just because we found that there might be other token structure where you could you can make that work like I'll, I'll give you an example so one thing that i don't think we're going to go this route but um so james here's an idea for anyone that wants to do a token gated access i think token gated access is underrated for example Mintgate, who brady was nice to feature because they're friends of ours in spain um so basically all our youtube videos um uh you have to verify your tokens and it lets you watch the youtube videos or, or read the articles um but one thing we thought about is like let's say you start a community it doesn't even have it could be around nfts it could be around finance and what's popping you could do it on finance econ right something completely different and you could do the same token get access there's no recurring revenue but you could charge a tax right and so just real uh uh you see this on a lot of finance smart chain projects but think of it this way if you buy maybe there's a two percent chance uh tax and if you sell there's a seven percent tax and then people are joining this you, you incentivize them to stay don't, don't sell because of the tax and all that goes into the dev fund that those um you know the tokens um you know the, the tax fees could be enough to sustain the, the development so there's there's ways to to get around that but i will say that is definitely one one thing that we've seen as both a superpower but also a challenge in terms of sustainability yeah and I'll, i i don't think this directly speaks to your question james but i just i just want to say it because i feel like this is um uh one of those things that is um, one of the big insights that a person can have in crypto. You know, I came in to start writing about crypto at Coindesk uh, covering ICOs. And it took me a while to figure this out. You know, I saw all these companies talking about raising these ICO funds in 2017 and offering their services effectively for free. Like people would spend money, but the company wouldn't get any of it. And I was like, how does this make sense? And then I eventually I figured out, you know, in the prior world, web startups, you know, what, a, what it's, I think a good working definition of a startup is there's a lot of dumb, fuzzy definitions of a startup, but I think a good definition of a startup is it's a company that has a, a service or a product, but doesn't yet understand its revenue model. Like they, they can solve a problem. They don't understand how to make money off of it yet. But I think in the crypto world, we created a new kind of startup, which is a company that has a service and that service drives value to an asset. And so they just have to drive value to that asset. And, you know, different services are able to do that, different levels of wellness. But it is this interesting thing where you can you can offer a service. And if it's valuable enough, you know, you can never charge, but it will grow so much in value over time that just holding it is enough to make the company sustainable or to, like, eventually farm it out to the whole world who owns it and then they'll make it sustainable. So, yeah. Um, okay. So we had, uh, I have like another question I want to ask Matt before we wrap up. I, I hope Matt, I don't know how short are you on time? How much time do you have? Oh, I can keep going. I'm, I'm enjoying this conversation and okay, really cool. great uh, questions from both what's popping and, and James. And also cool. just wanted to say like, I, uh, Sonny Jaser, who's, who's working with us, Judy, who's a Dow member. And then Ravage, I, this is, this is not, this is unpaid, but like Ravage, uh, Brady, he is part of a team called Lixer Finance. I just think everyone should check this out. I'm not saying, you know, do your own research. I'm not saying buy or don't buy the token, but the, what Lixer is doing is, so everyone here raised their hand for Uniswap pretty much. Uniswap V3 is incredibly complex. You want to be a liquidity provider. And so they're automating the liquidity concentration. Um, so um, all I would say is it's really, it's really big, big brain what they're doing. And 
I, you know, a full disclosure, I do own some of their tokens. I mean, not a lot, but like I'm, I, I think it's a really cool thing. And if you look at some of the use cases out there, solving the biggest issue, and Brady, I think you wrote about it, solving the biggest issue for Uniswap v3 is the complexity. They're, they're, they're turning that on its head. It used to be the simplest. Now, uh, you know, now adding LP is like people joke. It's like you need like a freaking PhD in, in mathematics. So you have to make all these decisions. So I, I just thought I'd throw that out there anyway. Yeah, no, that's cool. Yeah, that's another great example of sort of what I was getting to earlier with you is just that I feel like there are these people who are building these gigantic protocols, but there's also good businesses to be built just making sense of things. So yeah, to your point, Uniswap V3 adds a lot of complexity. Basically, there's this liquidity mining thing. There's this liquidity concentration position where you can say, I believe most trades will be in this band of prices. And so my liquidity can only be used in that band. And the easiest example of that is, say, two stable coins like DAI to USDC. That should probably be the trading should all be in right around a dollar. And if it gets outside of a dollar, you don't want your money to be a part of that, right? Um, but for more complex markets in which there's more volatility, say a WBTC to ETH market, that takes really active market making, right? And this is one of the things I talked about with folks as I was working on a on an explainer on this is like, are people building startups that a person could give their give their assets to those startups and the startup would do the work of moving it around as needed. And so it sounds like you're saying this is an example of that, which is compelling. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Um, okay, so um, before I get to sort of my last thing I wanted to ask, Matt, uh, Ghost asked to join. So, Ghost, what's up? Hello, can you hear me? Yes, yes welcome. Uh, yeah, thanks. Yeah, I was just questioning about where you think this, you know, sort of Uniswap, DGen trading and coins is going to go in the in the future in the sense that do you think the market participants will eventually just all start going towards the more sort of DeFi blue chips or do you think there will always sort of be a casino of, you know, very short tail assets where retail just constantly tries to sort of make money from so is your question like do you think we're going to continue to be in this world in which the real money comes from sort of short-term projects which maybe don't have a big vision or is ultimately are we trying to bet on the side of things that are going to have sort of world-changing impact like bringing derivatives out of centralized uh banks and putting them on the blockchain is, is that your question ghost um, I, I, yeah, I'm saying. Do you think retail will eventually sort of grow out of the stage of becoming, you know, just sort of Uniswap DGENs and just sort of um, version two? You mean Uniswap version two, the prior version? Is that what you're saying? Yes, yes. Uh, you know, all these coins trading, all these sort of shit coins, or do you think that they will eventually, you know, have the knowledge to go for more, more d- sustainable sort of coins? What's your take, Matt? Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think that like, it, it's just so hard to predict. Um, so that, that's the real answer. What I will say though, is the, the amount of volume on chain for Shiba Inu was insane. I have to pull up some numbers, but like, I'm sure Ajuto knows, but like, I remember we had to raise our volume and like, that's something right there. I, I think it'll probably be a little of both. I think people that are newer to the space tend to go to the more meme ones and you learn and it, it's part of the process. Like, you know, I remember 2017, 2018, I bought some, um, you know, tokens now that I, that I laugh at. Um, I was like, I can't believe I bought them. And I think that's part of the, the experience. Um, but I mean, this is a wild west kind of unregulated casino. And I, I would expect that to continue for the near future. In terms of the percentages, I have no idea. 
Um, I think I think I would just go back. My answer on this is is just sort of the same answer I gave um, to what's popping is I think there's probably money to be made in both spaces. And to some degree, both moves are probably good for the crypto market, though it's probably harder to explain why investing in <laughs> Chibu versus Akita versus Doge is, you know, good for the crypto market. But I have a feeling we will see that in hindsight in some way. So just the question is, like, what kind of time horizon do you want to invest in and what kind of investor do you want to be? You know, I think there's probably a lot of opportunities out there for everybody. It's just, you know, do you want to invest in changing the world or do you want to invest in sort of like um, the amusing ways in which the world is changing? That I, I think when people buy the meme tokens, what they are investing in is the fact that there's a certain class of people who don't get how the world is changing, and that's funny to them, which is a perfectly fine thing to invest in. Um, but is that what you want to invest in, or do you want to invest in the way that, like, in the way in which things are changing for good, which is going to take longer and is going to, and is going to and is going to require holding on tighter and probably going through some dip, dips, you know? So I, I think that's the question you have to ask yourself. But um, I think probably people who play either one well will do well. They just need to know which game they're playing. So, um, thank you. Yeah. Um, so Matt, uh, I feel like that's a good bridge to a thing that I know you wanted to talk about. And I think this might be a good place to close is, you know, you guys are starting to help people get visibility into VC rounds as a way to maybe help decide what tokens they want to get into. So talk a little bit more about that. And I know you mentioned a particular round that happened that you guys highlighted that you think is interesting. So, you know, unpack both. And the long story short is one, uh, we've been hiring people from our DAO, right. Uh, to do things for us, which is kind of, kind of what you want to do. Right. And, and, uh, balancer does this as well. I'm sure other projects, but one interesting person, they came, they said, listen, I'm building this, this database of all the, the funds in crypto over 600 funds. And, and if you guys can help me scrape them, I could give you some alerts because we think about just TLDRs, like no one reads the full medium post anymore. Um, and, and people don't listen to the full podcast. They just want the TLDR. And if you look at a lot of crypto news sites about, you know, 15 to 30% are about funding rounds being announced. And so we just created into a channel and later a dashboard. Um, and, and so that's our first kind of foray into kind of off-chain data, just what are these funding rounds? And by following this channel, you can see like, okay, there's a lot, like one of the narratives we saw was like cross-chain yield farming. Um, some of it towards uh, compliance. We saw a big, really big round for like bullish global. And you get to start to know what the funds are investing in. It kind of gives you a sense of where the market's going, right? And that was the whole idea of, the, of this channel. But one thing that came up today is uh, you, you guys are about Dogecoin and like Shiba Inu versus um, quote unquote the, the world changing tokens. And and some of the really, what we think is cool in DeFi. And I think a lot of people in our down miss these kind of meme tokens. But uh, it's very easy. And it, I think, um, Every generation says the younger generation is like, oh, they don't work hard. They don't want the value of hard work. Right? This isn't historically. This happens, right? And and so these twenty to thirty year olds or eight, sixteen to thirty year olds, they're controlling like these narratives, and and they they understand memes. And and so uh, I saw me, and I was thinking about this, and I was like, man, I, maybe I can bring on someone that understands like culture and memes, and 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 learn about this because I think a lot of people in their thirties and forties are like resisting learning about memes so they see it as childish and not important but i think it's the other way i think this is going to drive the, the world so i think what's popping was like oh there's all these disciplines i know finance econ you know building contracts and deploying contracts on solidity what about understanding memetics because i think if you can understand memes um that, that's an actual valuable skill which would have sounded crazy maybe five years ago so that's that's why i thought it was worth sharing and it's a five million dollar raise for meme.meme.com which is literally trying to track memes uh, with respect to to crypto. Yeah. And I think I know I highlight on this show decently often. Folks maybe heard me talk about it before, but there's this um, uh, DeFi service, Darabit. They have a great blog. They have a great uh, blog called Darabit Insights. And one of their, they have a two-part post called um, Reflexivity in Crypto. Definitely encourage folks to read that. It sort of relates to this. Um, but that's cool that you guys are helping to, to keep track of rounds. And obviously, yeah, this meme thinking is going to get more and more important as this space evolves. Uh, so that'll be a cool thing to keep an eye on. Um, thanks a ton for everyone for being here. I just want to highlight really quickly. I try to do these every Tuesday and Thursday. There's been a little bit of gap the last couple of weeks um, for a variety of reasons, but we'll try to be more consistent. 
Um, next Tuesday, I'm talking with the founder of Flexa, a company that's laser focused on bringing payments to crypto. It was the original use case, but kind of a little bit of a lost use case, but they're really working to bring it back. And I think they're interesting, uh, experiment in the DeFi space. So please come back next Tuesday. Uh, there may be something else this weekend, who knows, uh, but that's the next one. And, uh, and tell your friends to listen to Spacecasts. Um, because this will be available once again for you on there. And I'll post that on my Twitter if you're a follower of me, so you can you can re-listen to it then. Thanks to Matt for being here, and thanks to everyone who listened. And uh, yeah, keep coming back for Lightbulb Talks. Have a good one.